siblings were born within like their birthdays are like four within four days of each other. So those are easier to and, remember, but and, I can't and, remember and what the time. What time of year is that? July. And I was and I was born later in July. Uh, and then uh, well, then I have I have two siblings that were born in September. And like I can remember the dates, but like who goes to what? I usually screw myself up. Well, on see, some and, of them. and 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 not that this is I, I don't guess it's inappropriate or anything. But I mean my the, my first thought goes to and what occasion led yeah, to yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean it just so happened to turn out that I'm almost nine nine months to the day past my mother's birthday. Oh, okay. You know, there so you, go. you know, and you know, so 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 I just things work out. That way, they're usually they're usually occasions, mm-hmm. you know. I can't, Valentine's. Yeah. Uh, we 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 have we have a son who was like nine months after the 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 big Halloween party that's always held every year. Okay. Uh, you know, things like that. It just it's just amazing the coincidence <laughs> how things like that work out. Just, Justin Ferguson, how you doing, man? Yeah, it's a great way to open a show. Isn't <laughs> hey, it? yeah. Hey, let's, let's, let's go. Let's get. Let's, let's get let's, it. Let's wake everybody up. Yeah. They go. What are they talking about? Yeah. No. Um, no. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Doing well. It's uh, busy. Busy, busy li- night last night. Busy week. Long been, night last night. Yeah, long night last night. And, um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how Auburn tries to turn around uh, after a tough loss to A&M. And they, I mean, they play such a late game on Wednesday and they play such an early, early game, game Saturday in West Virginia. Yeah. It's it's not like they're yeah, having to go right like, down the road. Right. Not like they're going to get sleep in their own beds and just I mean, come over to the arena yeah. early on, on Saturday. So, yeah, that, that is interesting to think about. And, and West Virginia right now, as I look at it, a, a slight favorite. Yeah, West. This is a quad one game for Auburn. West Virginia's got a bad record in the Big Twelve, but that's just because the Big Twelve is just so brutal this mm-hmm. year. I mean, you're talking about a conference where they could get most, if not close to all, their teams in the in the tournament this year. But yeah, I mean, they know they know what to expect. It, it's a Bob Huggins team. Uh, they're experienced. Uh, they get after you on defense, and it's a big opportunity for West Virginia. They've won two out of the last three. They beat TCU uh, recently, and TCU turned around and beat Kansas and. Um, in uh, Allen Fieldhouse, so you know it's a, it's going to be a really really tough matchup. A great opportunity though to bounce back. We talked about how you know after Auburn lost to Georgia, how they got things going pretty quickly mm-hmm. after that, went on this winning streak. Can they do that again? If they do that again, this is a West Virginia game. I mean, like you go to Morgantown and get this win. Not only is it not only is it a big one for you know just the vibes of the team right now, but um, it would be really big for their resume uh, just because it's, it's going to be one of the better wins you can get on the schedule all year. Yep, we will talk more about that. Look back at last night. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as we move on. It's Bill and Justin today. Dan's down in Troy as the, the uh, Troy women hosting South Alabama. Uh, so he'll have that um, duty this evening, and he'll be back tomorrow. So we'd love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive, and hour number one of the drive is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of a way you can get through to us here on the drive. That's the Kia uh, Kia hotline. And that number is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box. Brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsor our podcast. So, yeah, love for you to join in. Your thoughts, obviously, a disappointing last night. A quick start yeah. after an opening bucket by A&M. Auburn, I mean, it it, like, it felt like the, uh, the roof was going to come off of mm-hmm. Neville Arena as a Wendell Green three and... Uh, 
Let's see. I'm trying to remember. Zep, Zep, Zep had a three. We'll talk to Zep, by the way, at 5.30 today. And then it capped by a steal and an Allen Flanagan dunk. And it's 10-2, two and a half minutes in, and a timeout call by Buzz Williams. Yeah, and, and from there, I mean, Auburn kept up. A&M got their offense under control. And Auburn kept up for about 10 minutes Yeah, it did, so. really, because the under-12 timeout, mm-hmm. it was 20-17, to 17, and Auburn came right out of that timeout with a three-point play to make it 23-17. And I was thinking, and as a matter of fact, I, I said to uh, to one of my sons uh, there at the game, I said, man, it's a high-scoring game, a yeah. higher-scoring game than I thought yeah. because Auburn was on the pace of well over 90, and A&M was on the pace of about 80. So, But, boy, that pace, that pace ended right then. After yeah. that under-12 timeout, it completely changed. Because from that point, from from the three point play that Auburn made for the rest of the half, it was twenty eight to seven. A and M. Yeah, Auburn only scored two points in the final eight minutes of that first half, and that's where the game really changed. Oh yeah, Bruce Pearl saying this today when we were talking to him, he said hey, they thought like the first ten twelve minutes of the game they thought they played well, and then just the way it got out of hand there towards the end of the first half, and and you know Texas A and M deserves a lot of credit. They were hitting some really tough shots in they that were. run as well. Uh, but Auburn was unable to keep that offense up that they had had. And when they, you know, if you remember that stretch where they first started getting in that slump, a lot of missed shots that they were, that, you know, looked like they could have gone down. And then you could kind of sense like the frustration was building and then yep. you force it into some turnovers. And then A&M started hitting some shots. Second half, Auburn played them pretty evenly. You know, had a chance a couple of times. They just couldn't ever really make enough of a run. They cut it to nine yeah. and and have an opportunity with the ball and can't cash in. Yeah. And, and I felt I felt the frustration then. Mm-hmm. Then it got back to 13, 14, and they cut it to nine again. Yeah. The same thing happens. They did cut it to eight, but there were three and a half minutes to go by that time. Yeah, A&M in the first half shoots nearly 60%. Second half, they shoot like, I believe it was like 38 or 39%. Yeah, like. yeah. No. Auburn's defense figured it out in the second mm-hmm. half. Um, they just but, couldn't get the offense going. Yeah, they slowed down Tyrese Radford, who had 30, from shooting – now, he got to the free throw line a lot in the second half, and that was big for them. But, yeah, mm-hmm. this is, once again, I mean, it's another game for Auburn where the four losses they've had this season, there has been a through line of if you've got a really good scoring guard, which A&M does, and they had another one in Wade, in Wade Taylor, they're giving Auburn a lot of problems. What has it been, like 26, 27, 28, and 30 yes. in those four losses? Yeah, and then you, you then you look at it. So, like, Wade Taylor gets 15 last night, which is big. You go back to that Georgia game. Obviously, Terry Roberts had a, had a monster game for Georgia, but also, you know, Cario Kendo had had a great game as well. So, you know, it's these it's these lead guards in this backcourt, which you know it, it's tough for Auburn because um, you know you do have like Wendell Green Jr. during this five game winning streak had been playing really good basketball right. last night, not on his best game on offense, especially shooting it, and defensively you could tell they were going right at him. You know, Zeb Jasper. You know, got switched on a few times. They tried that, and the downhill stuff was was working really, really well. But yeah, it's just they were kind of highlighting and highlighting and isolating things. And and Tyree Stratford goes to work, and that's the thing. You know, we can talk about Auburn and 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 this team this year. When you're not overly talented as compared to some of the other teams you're going to play, or you don't have a guy that you're like, that's a 20 or 25 or 30-point yeah. guy. We've talked about that a few times. Auburn doesn't have that guy who it's like, all right, he's going to put you on put you on his shoulders and, and carry you. So when you don't have that, you have to play 
clean, excellent team basketball on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. And last night, Auburn got out of sync on both ends, and it really, really cost them. So, yeah, A&M played really well. Um, as probably one of their best performances of the season and, and in terms of just all the way around. But also, like, Auburn just comes out of this game thinking, like, man, just if they could have gotten under control there in the late in the first half and fought, you know, and kept it closer to the second it, kept it in at single digits mm-hmm. uh, instead of being down 15 at half, it, it would have, I think, Made a tremendous difference. I mean, there, yeah, there, there's some things you look at in the ball game. I mean, um, we've seen two or three times this year. I mean, the pressure that you know teams deciding to really pressure Wendell Green Jr. and they yeah. double, they were doubling him as soon as the ball got uh, over over the timeline and a couple of times before it was, but they were doing that and forcing and also forcing the ball handlers. It felt like to the sideline. It's like, man, get the ball off. You know, off the side. Yeah, one of the interesting things from this game, Jalen Williams, seven assists, zero turnovers. Had to be a secondary playmaker in this game because of the pressure on Green. But there were too many turnovers from other guys. You had Katie Johnson and and, um, uh, Dylan Carwell both had three turnovers in limited minutes in this game. Um, You know, you had some turnovers from Wendell. You you know, just natural kind of stuff you get from your point guard. They just could never get in that kind of rhythm. And what A&M did disrupted them. And that's the other thing is, like, they planned for it. They practiced for it. They knew what was coming. And it still – they just did not execute it well at all. And that's a that's – a, again, like we go back to, that's the thing for Auburn. This is not a team that has a player or a, or a system where you can be like, this is what we're going to do and we're just going to, you know, do it at a high level or we're going to get the ball to this guy and he's going he's gonna to fill it up for us. What this team has to do is play clean – Solid basketball on both ends of the floor. And when that gets out of whack, teams with bigger guards, talented scoring guards like that are, are going are gonna to give you problems. And like in A&M, you know, they had a rough non-conference schedule. But this A&M team is, is, is playing really good basketball over the last month. Um, and, and so this is a – it's a tough loss for Auburn for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, you don't come away from that game thinking if you're Auburn, like, oh, we just gave it to him. It's like, no, A&M played really, really well. Auburn could have played a lot better. They've got to just, I mean, this has got to be something where they've got to figure out counters of, all right, how do you slow down really good guards, you know, when 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 the other team's got guys. I mean, you know, Tyree Trafford scored 26 over the weekend against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were, they knew this oh, game yeah. was fully capable Oh, yeah, of not, that. not like that was a surprise at all. Yeah. You got to do that, and then secondly, like when teams say, "Okay, if we slow down Wendell Green Jr., we really get after him, we can beat Auburn." What are the counters off of that? Right. And sometimes, especially in the first half, you saw them move the ball, work the ball, and, and manage it, but it wasn't consistent enough, and that's that's got to be a key because you know Auburn's Achilles heel on both ends of the floor is very clear: scoring guards. And also attacking Wendell Green Jr. because for Auburn to win, Wendell's got to play a really, really good game. And so if teams try to attack him and 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 make the focal point of their game plan slowing him down, what is your counter off of that? And so far, Auburn hasn't really showed that. Another thing, what is it? I mean, it, I felt like watching that ball game last night. I've seen this before. A and M gives Auburn fits. <laughs> yeah. They just do. I mean, they're now they 10, seem they seem to play better against Auburn yeah. than they do against just about anybody. They're else. now ten and four against Auburn since they joined the league, mm-hmm. and I believe it is now four out of their last five they've won. 
uh, yeah, I mean, Auburn's only won one home game against A&M since they joined the league. That's crazy. That is really, really crazy. Yeah, about. They, that, that's right. So the last two Auburn, last two Auburn losses in front of full crowds has been to A&M. Yeah, yeah, and, and you look at you look at um, you know this team and their makeup. Like Buzz Williams is a great coach, obviously, and he's got a very athletic, like tough nosed team, and they've got. Like the difference between between them and Mississippi State's, so like State gave Alabama all they wanted last night, and mm-hmm. Alabama came back and won. The difference between A and M and State is that A and M's got a dude in Radford who can give you a lot of points. State doesn't really have no. that, and so I think that was your big difference in this game, where you know Auburn was able to shoot and, and keep their offense ahead of what Mississippi State was doing. Instead, on the other side, A and M's just. They're a lot more efficient and they're a lot more explosive on offense, and and you know a lot of that comes through you know Radford and Taylor who had a great game, and Auburn's got to figure out ways to, to to counter that. It's it's you know as as you know we're talking to Zepp later, we talked to Zepp today, um, and I just asked him like, what is it going to take for you guys when you play really good guards to you know do a better job? And he's like, honestly, it's like he, he was saying like it's got to be a point of pride thing at this point. It's like you can't come in here and and give us twenty or thirty points. Like we've got to make that like mm-hmm. because teams now are looking at Auburn <laughs> and saying like, hey, oh, I can come in and get mine against this team. And he was like, you know, at this point in the year, we just gotta we just gotta take it personally when when what happens and that's it. I mean, they've got the game plans. They've got they know what to do. They're experienced guys. They're just not doing it. And so, I well, I sometimes you wonder. Out. Sometimes you wonder uh, if it's an inability. Um, it's not the ability to the inability to grasp what you need to do. Sometimes do it, it may just be the ability to get it done. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you and I could draw up great great plans oh, yeah. for each other, but mm-hmm. that wouldn't mean we'd be able to go out and do it against uh, you know certain competition. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Uh, I, I know it's very frustrating for them. And the other thing I guess it's frustrating for a lot of for a lot of uh, Auburn folks is man over the last few years usually with Bruce. When a team comes in with a big scorer, you see that scorer shut down. Yeah. And and Auburn hasn't doesn't the have the ability the or hasn't been able to do that to the guards this year. And and last year they were able to do that more frequently, but with the same backcourt for the mm-hmm. most part, it hasn't changed. And I think there's a lot to do with the switching and the obviously, you know, Keep in mind, Janai Broom had seven blocks last night. Janai Broom right. played a pretty pretty solid game. Um, you know, he had the turnovers that right. were really that would really kill and, him. And, and he and and the other he missed some shots that he normally makes. Yeah, though I thought. And there's been a night. few of those games like that this yeah. year where you look at it and you're like, man, he's. I mean, in. I'm not complaining, but I mean, yeah. it's the, I thought there were a few, and, and I could see it on his face. Yeah, uh, he got a really good look, and the ball would just rim out or just bounce come, off, come you know? short, or go through his hands. They got somebody. some good looks last night. Got some really good looks, and and didn't hit him. And like, look. The three pointers. I mean, they drew up a lot of plays to get open threes, and they couldn't mm-hmm. hit them. Meanwhile, A and M on the other end is hitting contested ones, and it's like, well, first half, yeah, they're six for eleven in the first half, that, and and Taylor was three of three uh, mm-hmm. from deep. Like this was that was the thing is like when you have, and I wrote about this earlier this week, when you have two bad three point shooting teams like Auburn and A and M are, it's like all right, usually whoever just finds it goes a long way in winning the game. Like like Kentucky beat A and M over the weekend. Kentucky out of nowhere just started hitting threes. Kind of a similar thing last right. night where it's like, oh, out of nowhere, A&M's got... Now, obviously, Radford getting to the paint, getting to the free throw line. They had other guys, you know, and, and other ways they got it. But, you know, Auburn loses this game by, what was it, 15, 16? 13. Yeah, something. 
12, you know, 12. 50, uh, yeah, Six, 16. It was yeah, 16. 12 yeah. of those points coming off of off of three-pointers. Like, mm-hmm. they, they hit four more threes than Auburn did. And, like, that, in these games against these tough defenses, like, being able to hit sh- tough shots or just finding a – it's what Auburn did to Mississippi State. You know, Auburn beat Mississippi State a couple – you know, a week and a half ago by the fact that they were able to just to shoot over them. And they tried to do that last night, and it just didn't work. Meanwhile, on the other end, A&M shot better than they usually have. But also, A&M is, is a team that has been able to put up some more points um, because, you know, Tyree Stratford, fourth-year fourth, uh, fourth year player, he has averaged double figures every year of his career, um, you know, and playing in the ACC and in the SEC. So Auburn's missing that. Auburn just doesn't have that kind of guy. And they've been able to manage it with their balance and their efficiency through it. Like, they've been able to – They've been able to overcome it a lot this year. I mean, this team's sixteen and four. It's not like they're a bad team, right? But oh, but the schedule is in these matchups. These matchups are going to be really, really tough moving forward because I think I saw a thing today is like of the of the games Auburn has left to play in the regular season. I think like five of them are against the toughest offenses they'll play this year. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 really haven't seen just how tough this could get you, and that starts with West Virginia on Saturday. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join in. Again, 334-321-1390. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, Bill and Justin here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in as well. Your thoughts on, if you want to want to look back at basketball last night, uh, anything anything that you want to talk about. Uh, Auburn, West Virginia coming up. The SEC Big 12 Challenge is, is this weekend. And the Big 12 is having a really, really good year. The SEC is not. Yeah, this is a year where, I mean, honestly, like, the ACC is having another down year as well. The Big 12 has been the class of college basketball. Big 10 is as well. So it's going to be very interesting mm-hmm. because these matchups have been a lot more even this year. When you look at the you look at the uh, Big 12 SEC matchup and you're just like, ah, the SEC might be favored or might be you know the team to team you would feel like could come out with a win in like maybe two or three of those matchups. Not very many. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, all right. It, you know, things open up. Auburn at West Virginia, and as we said, West Virginia is is favored in that ball game. Auburn's going to be, by the way, Auburn's going to be an underdog in four of their next five games. I'm not surprised at that. Yeah, Georgia at home is the only one where they're right. going to be in that spot, and, and that like, of course is a team that that, that beat, beat Auburn over there. Uh, so I mean, and, it's, and, it's it's gut check time for and, Auburn and basketball. That, and, and that co- that coach has given Auburn some problems. Mike White has yeah, absolutely over, over the uh, over the past. But yeah, but but yeah. Um, I mean, the first. You, all right, so you were you were talking a while ago about um, how positive it could be, and, and the pos. If you look at the other side, yeah. oh yeah, oh, that, uh. that's that's not really exciting to think about. If you drop this one to West Virginia with the road that's ahead, mm-hmm. you really worry about you're a gonna, slide. You're down gonna the have to pick yourself up off the mat next week against Georgia, like that. You lose to West Virginia this weekend, which again, like I said, Auburn's not going to be the favorite in that game. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. But if you lose that one, hey, I'm worried about Georgia. If you lose this one, I mean, not that I'm going to overlook Georgia anyway. 
Right, exactly. That Georgia game becomes must-win territory Yeah, for, for Auburn uh, because you don't want to start sliding. On the flip side, if you do win, I mean, it's quite one game. It, it, it helps a lot. So, like, this is a big bounce-back opportunity oh, for Auburn. Absolutely. And, and West Virginia is a team that, um, you know, we talk about the scores that they have. They had they had two guys last night off the bench for them against Texas Tech combined for like forty something. They're they're not like super high high scoring team and they don't have like superstar guards, but they got some dudes who can put it in. Eric Stevenson, you might remember him last year from South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, the big, he's at West Virginia now and he's he's their leading scorer. So like this is a it's a, it's a tough matchup for sure, and like yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the spread will look like. I think it's projected somewhere like three or four. Three or four is what yeah. I've seen, and like mm-hmm. that's. I mean, it, it's one of those games where it could go either way. But like Auburn's got to play a really, really good game of basketball against West Virginia. And I think West Virginia is a lot like Auburn in the fact that they're more experienced. They're not NBA talented, um, but uh, they play really well in their own building um, always at, at, at the Coliseum there. So it, it'll be a fun game. Saw the return of Chris Moore last night. He, yeah. he looked healthy. He did. Just looked a little rusty. Yeah, and he and and it was a little. It was a bit of a setback this week for him. So he comes back to practice earlier in the week, and they're running a drill, and they're and they're they're working on stuff in the open floor, and Yoan Treor tries to rip through and hits Chris Moore right in the face. Oh, busts his lip open. Uh, Chris had to get seven stitches this week, and so he had to practice. That's a really busted lip. Yeah, he My. practiced. He practiced in a mask on Tuesday and then wore it for most of the day on Wednesday before the game. And so not only was he coming back from mm. being out three games with that shoulder injury, it was also, yeah, he missed some practice time because, I mean, it was like uh. right as soon as he got back onto the floor. Wow, he, I, did, he I, didn't, his, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, yeah, and he talked about it a little bit last night in the post game, But, yeah, you know, in really interesting matchup-wise, you know, Yoan Treor plays a really good game mm-hmm. against, uh, against South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Isn't in the lineup in this game and in yeah. the rotation. A DNP. Yeah, DNP and, and, and Bruce Pearl saying today, just kind of more of a matchup thing, that double wing lineup against an A&M team that wasn't, you know, wasn't overly uh, tall in the front no, court. No, tall. They're, they're big, but they're not tall. Very athletic. Very, very athletic. And so they felt like Chris was probably the better fit there. Still wanted to give Leor Berman some run on the wing as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see how all that kind of fits together uh, moving forward. But yeah, if, if Auburn can get Chris to being back to a guy who can give you 20 minutes. You know, or so somewhere around that that ballpark, it would help out a lot. Especially, you know, Alan Flanagan had a rough game last night. They did after having a ton of really good games mm-hmm. in a row. So it's like you, you you could really need a full strength Chris Moore to help him out, especially in those games where you know Allen's might not have his best. And 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 I I mentioned this yesterday while we were on the air, and I didn't really go into detail, but I I wonder. Uh, um, Al has has caught so much flack from some some Auburn folks. Oh, yeah. That I wondered if being at home might be even a little more, you know, he might be a little tighter more pressure. coming back home because he yeah. played so well on the road. He played so well on the road. He had been playing really good basketball over the last last few weeks and just was not a good game for him. And then was, you know, when we talk about how the offense got really frustrated and, and was forcing stuff there late in the first half, some of that was Allen having to take things on and take some of these tough shots. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he can hit them. And I think. Those are shots, and when they go down, you feel like, man, that's such a weapon if you can hit that. But when you're struggling on offense and you take those shots and they miss, it becomes it just has this like compounding effect where you get really, really frustrated with that. So, yeah, I mean, for for Al, get back on the road reset. That's the thing with him. He's been playing really well this past month. Jalen Williams has as well. And then Wendell, good point about it. I mean, Bob Huggins' teams are going to play that 
pressure trapping defense. Right. Wendell Green has been very good this season and throughout his Auburn career so far. He doesn't let one game, one bad game, roll into another one. He usually bounces back really well. They're going to have to have him do, do that, and obviously the other ones are going to have to do as well. But I'm really looking at how Wendell oh, yeah. rebounds after after a rough game by his standards. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break, just a quarter of the way in. Come on in and join us on the Kia of Auburn Hotline three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 26 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Before we uh, uh, continue, Justin, talk a little bit about you. You were talking about, it. yes, it's been a busy time. Yeah. Uh, just uh, let folks know if they haven't mm-hmm. been subscribing, uh, what they've been missing and, yeah. and what you got uh, coming up. Yeah, a whole lot of basketball this week, obviously, uh, with the games um, You know, here against Texas A&M. Won't be in West Virginia this, this weekend, um, staying back here. But How many road covered. games have you missed? This will be the first one. That's what I was saying. And, and I didn't. I didn't go to Mexico. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. not that's not a road game. That's that was yeah. Double, yeah. This will be the first road game I'm in. I'm hope, hoping I went to Mexico Auburn. last week. So yeah, you know, it's a good it's a good time of year to go. I, I heck with the with as cold as it is and cold yeah, being did. a relative term, it, it was great. Yeah, I would I, I would much rather be there. But a lot of a lot of basketball. Did some football as well. I got a mailbag out tomorrow. A lot of there was a lot of questions this week about just kind of the offense and where we see this team going with basketball. So a lot of good questions there. Um, and then, yeah, looking forward to doing some more football stuff as we get closer and closer to spring practice. Did a story this week uh, on um, Jarquez Hunter and came up with a very interesting stat. Um, oh, I saw I saw one of those while I was on the boat. Yeah, it was uh, is he uh, was he has had he had more yards per carry of any Auburn running back with at least 100, 100 touches in a season since since yeah. Brent Fullwood. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I mean, you got to go all the way back. So, talking about Jarquez, there's a really good case to be made statistically. He could be the best returning running back in the SEC, and he wasn't even started. One, one of the best yak ball oh, carriers in the country. A ton, ton of that. So, if you want to read more about Jarquez, you can uh, you can check, it, check that out, and then we'll have a ton of stuff here over the next few weeks through basketball season into spring football. It's a great time to sign up, auburnobserver.com. It's $6 a month, or you can pay $60 to get the full year, which you get two months for free um, because that's how math works. Uh, uh, you know, So sign up there, and everything we do, our newsletters and our podcast get sent straight to your email inbox. There is a ton of stuff going on on the site. Oh, absolutely, and and I, I, we were talking yesterday. I was looking forward to uh, getting getting you in here because you, you you have you have some numbers. You always have some analytics and mm-hmm. some numbers that are really interesting to look at. So yeah, I'd encourage folks to uh, subscribe to the Auburn Observer. All right, uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll, let's shift away from from basketball. We'll get back to it here in a little while. Uh, and of course, again, we welcome your calls. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, 
But uh, all right, so so while I was out on the boat, mm-hmm. the uh, the transfer portal closed, and Auburn winds up with uh, twelve, I think twelve new additions through the transfer portal. Just uh, how do you assess Auburn? Um, first of all, its needs, and then filling their needs. Yeah, I think it is as good of a portal class as you could ask for for Auburn, with the exception of like there's still a little bit, there's still a little bit more. I feel like edge rusher is one that you can have to keep an eye on, and obviously, what do you do at quarterback? Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be an evaluation period from what they do in spring ball, uh, and then and then move on from there. But yeah, I mean, I wrote about it last week, and I, I think um, I don't know, or maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I can't remember at this point, but. It, it, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show yet, but this is the first time anybody has ever signed what was classified as three four-star offensive linemen in a transfer class ever. Oh, is in, that in right? Portal area. I did so not realize that. That was the whole thing. Like, I, 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 I have to be quick when I'm wrong about stuff, uh, especially as much as I talk and write about. Um, and I... I, I, during the last couple of years, and even the end of the Gus era, I was, you know, Auburn fans would be like, "Why can't we just go into the portal and get offense a bunch of offensive linemen?" And at my point what had always been my counter was, "It's like it's hard to get more than maybe one or two Quality. guys." Quality. You, you can, can make, get quantity. You can make the case that this is the best offensive line transfer class anyone has ever had in the portal era, just because they have Auburn went out in the portal and got three guys that a lot of people wanted mm-hmm. uh, on the offensive line. So that's huge. I mean, that was priority number one, two, three, four, and five for Auburn, and they went out and got it. I think the defensive line reloading in the trenches, a lot of big bodies that you can like. Getting two linebackers who have SEC experience right. is big. Getting a big body of wide receiver with some experience who has a relationship and a connection with Marcus uh, Davis is great. I love the addition of Brian Batty. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this offense and even the special teams unit uses him. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really good class. I mean, so yeah, I mean, if you talk, talk about it, it is an A class, Roman. It's like number three, number two, depending on where you're looking at in transfer portal rankings this year. And they might not be done yet. Cause I, again, if they could, you can't snap your fingers and invent people to come into the portal, but I think if you had a wish list for Auburn right now in May, I think if an Eculiota came came available to you, like a guy like that where you're like, ooh, power five guy who fits this position perfectly and get after the quarterback, you go get him. And then and then see what you do at quarterback. See well, what's available and pull what, the trigger. A lot a lot of it's gonna depend on just how spring looks too. Yeah. Because I mean if if Robbie Ashford holding Gurner T.J. Finley, I'm assuming, will will be going through spring practice. He's on the roster. Yep. But I mean, if if the quarterbacks struggle mm-hmm. or or are inconsistent during the spring, then that increases the need to yeah. bring in an experienced guy, somebody who has uh, a uh, is a proven quantity. And- now, if if somebody or somebody's light it up in the spring, then you maybe then maybe you go just look for. A really good young talent who another hasn't Robbie gotten the Ashford. opportunity. Yeah, right. Another Robbie Ashford. I, I, and I keep going back to it. I, I would keep an eye on whatever happens in Georgia this, the, this spring and sure. see if any of those guys go into the portal. You got to at least kick the tires on them, even if you don't say, hey, you're going to be the starter next year for us. Um, I am, yeah, I'm really, really curious to see what this looks like with, with Robbie Ashford, with Holden Garner. And then, like T.J. Finley, like I think the assumption from a lot of people is that T.J. Finley is going to graduate and probably move on somewhere else. But the fact that this is a new staff, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to get he's a, got a sh- I, you know uh, get a clean slate. I yeah. would think. Um, and so, yeah, what what do you do at that position is going to be is going to be fascinating to see. But like I like, 
I like what Auburn has built uh, out to the point. I mean, and I didn't mention Rivaldo Fairweather. Is a, is a, you know, right. He was the first one uh, all the way back. Really good pickup for them. Man, what do you do with all those tight ends? Uh, play some wide receiver, <laughs> I would imagine, or, or do something like yeah. that. Like, like, yeah, like the Landon King question mm-hmm. becomes really interesting. Um, but yeah, Fairweather is a guy that uh, I like. I like the upside of him as well. And then, you know, you've got some freshmen that are going to play immediately. Um, you know, or, or contribute immediately. Um, Keldrick Falk got his fifth star from Rivals this week. That is a large young man. Very, very large young man. He's got his fifth star from Rivals, and, I, and I think night. I think uh, I think two four seven might be refreshing their ratings here, so coming up soon. Maybe I don't know. I think I saw that today. Anyway, like here's a guy that you can say you need edge rushers, and can you can can you go and play? How many you sign all those defensive backs? Are you thinking that those guys can, can contribute right away? I would think so. Um, and then you know see what you got at some of those other other spots on the field as well. Uh, running back, obviously. You know Jeremiah Cobb comes in later, but. Does he fall? Where does he fit into the picture? So, I mean, this roster between the high school turnaround and and the portal work, like this is a roster for Auburn. Where you know when they this staff inherited them, there were a lot of issues and there were a lot of holes. Mm-hmm. All of them's not fixed. It's not a perfect roster. But if you're looking at it now, you're thinking of okay, this roster is more, um, you know, more stabilized and more ready to compete next season in the SEC and get back to where Auburn needs to be. Which I think step one is. Can you just get back to a winning season? Can you win? Can you win uh, a decent number of games? Auburn's this year? got a good enough schedule too this right. coming year. Exactly, and this is a it's a great year one schedule for for a coach. We said that two years ago with Brian Harson, mm-hmm. and like it turned out to be true until the very end. You know, keep in mind, yeah, was, six uh, and two. Yeah, I mean it was it was things were trending pretty well, and so I, I think with this staff, you're getting some of that as well. Obviously, what happens at quarterback? It's different. You're not inheriting a Bonix. You're inheriting mm-hmm. a Robbie Ashford who. Has a lot of potential, but everyone who watched him play last year knows. And you got to throw the ball a whole lot better if you're going to win in the SEC. You get it. You do that, and and add some of these pieces. It's going to be a really intriguing team um, because, and I think that's what it's going to make spring ball really interesting. Like, take for example the edge rusher spot. You would love if you're Auburn to get more guys, but like you look at it now, you've got you've got a dude in in Keldrick Falk who you can put in right away and just see what he's got as a true mm-hmm. freshman. You got a guy in Dylan Brooks who has been developing to get to this point and there was so much potential around him a couple of years ago. Maybe this is an opportunity. You get a guy in like Elijah McAllister who's just played it a ton at the SEC level already and so it's like that's a storyline. That one position is just a really fascinating spring storyline and then see what you go from there. So it's going to be a lot of those stories like that. Not yeah. just quarterback. There's so many spots on this field. Oh, no, no. I that. mean, offensive line is going to be very interesting to oh, watch. Yeah. Defensive front, all the numbers, the guys they have there with the experience they brought in there on the defensive front because, you know, we were looking at it and, and realizing, yes, the the focus has been on the offensive line. Auburn didn't have a whole lot of defensive linemen coming back either. No. Then Zachevious Walker decides to come back and you no. add the transfer portal you like, players. You like Marcus Harris, obviously, returning starter. I think Jeffrey Ambaugh has got real potential on this on this defensive front uh, just because of the system and the way they run it. And then, yeah, you go get three 300-pound guys mm-hmm. <laughs> to come come play up front uh, along with a guy like Jason Jones. Got a number of a number of dudes there that I mean that defensive front. If if the question there is is it's who's going to go get after the quarterback? Who's yep, going to come off the edge right. and get after the quarterback? And I know the Ron Roberts defense they blitz more with their linebackers and their defensive backs. You know they can generate pressure without it just being the traditional four man four man rush. 
However, you still need that guy to to really win in the SEC. Oh, you need the threat of that of that guy coming all the time and not you know not speaking just which, coming from a blitz. Speaking of which, uh, Mel Kuyper's got Derek Hall in his first round uh, mock draft. I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Really impressive. I mean, like that's the thing with Derek though, man. Like he was so good uh, for Auburn, and like you know. You need you need to find who the next one is, mm-hmm. and I think Eculiota, if he can be, you know, obviously the health is going to be the concern with with people uh, from the NFL level at him, but um, you know, like him and Eculiota, it's like you know you got to find the next wave of those guys because they could change so much about your team. Um, but good for them, and, and good for Derek. I mean, I I would definitely think Derek Derek Hall is a, a first round talent, um, and I, I'm interested to see what the rest of the league thinks of him because man, he uh, for a dude who did not have a lot of team success. Him and Colby, not a whole lot of team success during their time at Auburn. Those dudes gave everything they got and put up some really big numbers in the process. Yep. Uh, so who all is at the Senior Bowl? So Owen pulled out because of, of mm-hmm. injury. Um, and I believe it's Derek and – well, shoot, they shoot, they had a couple other guys pull out, pull out as well. So Derek and – Yeah, I, was, I had not seen the Senior Bowl, right? That's another thing usually – That's next week. week. I know. It's, well, it's, isn't it Saturday? It's next Saturday, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, it's, it's the, the weekend so after Derek, the, Derek the title Derek and games. Eku uh, and, um, let's see, Derek. Eku. I know. Yeah, that's what got Papo me thinking about it. pulled out, Pritchett pulled out, and obviously James pulled out. So I think it's just Derek and Eku. Okay. I was wondering if anybody else had I don't uh, think had anybody else in. picked it up because, I mean, obviously, if you look at guys who were draft eligible on that team, like Tank is not a senior. Right. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, and that that's pretty much it. Because you, when you bring back Nehemiah and DJ, mm-hmm. that that changes a lot for for them. Uh, did you see that? Uh, you see that Stetson Bennett is not going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I I, I read a little bit about that. Uh, my joke was, I think he might have been the only guy to ever age out of the Senior Bowl. <laughs> like he was, too, they were looked at him. They're like, yeah, actually, you're actually you're too old to play in this game. Well, what what somebody else was saying is they didn't know if the uh, if if, uh, if if he was uh, if when they the tape was was started too long to to measure him when he stood up <laughs> under it. I you know that's what I heard was he he really didn't want he didn't want to have those official height and weight measurements out there. He's supposed to be he said he's training for the combine and um, he's training in Mobile, right? I believe so. I think so. It's just right there, man. Like he's going to be so fascinating to see at the next level cuz it's just like what what do you do what do you do with a guy that dude obviously can win mm-hmm. um but like he makes sense to me as like being a quarterback for somebody on somebody's roster, but is it one of those situations where you like you were like where do you draft a guy like that? Yeah, I, it's not, not necessarily not high, not high, not high. But you can't deny that he. No, was, you can't. No, the guy, the, he's a winner. Yeah, he, he he reminds me a lot of different way of doing it, but he reminds me a lot of those uh, those Ohio State quarterbacks when they were really really good, uh, and obviously they've been really good now. But Stroud has kind of broken that. But but I'm thinking like the. The JT Barrett and the Braxton Miller and the Cardale Jones run, where it's yeah. like, yeah, you know these guys aren't going to be NFL superstars, but like, man, they were really good at playing college football. Yeah, and then then Justin Fields came, and along. then Justin Fields came along yeah. and just changed everything for them. Yeah, and then now Stroud's going to do the same thing. But yeah, it'd be very interesting to see uh, what what they look at. But yeah, back to the other point, like um, Derek being, uh, being uh, Colby didn't get an invite, and Colby, yeah, that's right, Colby could have, Colby, Colby could have because he was a red shirt, so. Um, I, I I am very much looking forward to seeing what Colby 
looks like in the NFL because I think he's one of those. Kind of like how Marlon Davidson was, and obviously Marlon injuries have hurt Marlon mm-hmm. at the next level, but he's one of those guys where it's just like it doesn't matter what kind of defense you run, you could use a Colby Wood. Like you can put, you can find oh, a yeah. spot for him somewhere, and so I'm really interested to see where where the what the league thinks of him because Derek obviously prototype three four outside linebacker, pin years back, go after somebody kind of guy. Colby is just that scheme versatile thing uh, that makes him so intriguing. He was just such a good player at Auburn. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Uh, we're, it's wide open. Come on in and join us as we get to our final break of hour number one. You're live on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes of hour number one. Bill, Justin Ferguson here in the studio. Drew at the controls. And, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise. All right, so we were talking you, you were, we were talking Senior Bowl. You were talking NFL prospects type things like that. Um, uh, there, It's interesting. Two weeks from today, all right, earlier this week, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame announced it's only – uh, new member. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, Scott Rowland, I, I liked him as a player. I like him. I, I, I don't know him as a person. Seems like a really good guy. He was a really good player. Yeah. I didn't feel like he was a Hall of Famer. No, and I looked at the I looked at the the voting, and obviously I'm going to be upset until Andrew Jones gets into the Hall of Fame. But that's just personal bias for me. But like. Uh, like Beltron's in that was in that mix. Um, Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner just should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, one of the best closers of yep. all time. Yep. And th- that one makes sense. Uh, who was the other one? Um, oh shoot, uh, why can't I think of position? Big, uh, big hitter for uh, Todd Helton. Oh Todd, yeah, Todd Helton came in second. It's like I, I don't. Yeah, but know. He, he had like twenty percentage points less. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like I guess Scott Rowland, and it's like Todd. Like, Billy well, Wagner, maybe because Wagner's the one. To maybe me. because they didn't put anybody in. Was it either last year, or the year before? Yeah. They didn't even put anybody in. Maybe they felt like they had to. But uh, I like Scott Rowland. I just don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. But I was going to say the NFL Hall of Fame is going to yeah. announce its new inductees two weeks from today, mm-hmm. and you got a former Auburn. University star Willie Anderson, yep. who's one of the finalists, and a former Auburn High yeah. star, of course, then from then what Detroit, Demarcus Ware, yeah, who are among the fifteen finalists. It would be really cool to see either one of those guys get in. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I, I've always you know I have a soft spot obviously for Demarcus Ware, not only being an Auburn High guy but being a Troy guy as well, mm-hmm. and it's just really cool to see those those careers kind of you know. Uh, the way that they've, you look back on them, and I think you know people of my age may not necessarily, or may not necessarily remember Willie Anderson, you know, for for his you know great, you know, but Demarcus Ware, man, like there was a stretch where Demarcus Ware was one of the best defensive players in the league, and I, as years go on by, uh, it'll be very interesting to see like where guys end up. Oh um, yeah, you know because you know we'll have a there will be a Cam Newton conversation sometime in the near future about the NFL Hall of Fame because at one point in time he was the best force in 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 in, in football so um but yeah ho- hopefully good luck to both those guys because I mean either one of those would be just really really cool to see uh, you know as an Auburn person. oh no no kidding of course yeah Willie's career went from uh, 96 to 2008 mm-hmm. uh Demarcus yeah uh, is uh 
Pro career started with the Cowboys in 2005. I remember doing play-by-play of him as a yeah. as a as a safety slash wide receiver. <laughs> who grew. He grew. Yeah, he filled out pretty it well. Ends up being one of the better defensive ends of the era. You're not kidding. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's 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 so wild to think about uh, that you know guys like that starting out as as like. Yeah. Well, he was athletic. I mean, yeah. you, know, you could see that. That's the thing. And he maintained the athleticism yes. as he put on the weight. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What, a, what a great, great player. Hey, John, we're just about up against our top of the hour break. Love to get to you. Uh, I wanted to, to mention the uh, the uh, NFL Hall of Fame. Um, let, let's bring John up and see if we, we can get started. Maybe we can continue here if we run out of time. Hey, John. Guys, how are you all today? Doing fine. Enjoying the show. Sorry I missed the very beginning, but... Uh calling about the game last night and I don't I, I go to all the games uh, I don't want to hit the panic button or anything like that but was there any has there been any talk around of bringing Sepp back to the one and moving Wendell to the two like they did last year because they need Wendell and Janai to score and the problem last night no matter what you want to talk about turnovers or whatever Auburn didn't have doesn't have a third score that they can consistently rely on. No, you're right if there. If they don't have a third score, they're not going to win. Yeah, John, uh, we, we'll talk about yeah. that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. I tell you what, if you like, you can either hang on or give us yeah. a call. Yeah, or give us a call. Yeah, that that's great. We've got our top of the hour break. We got to get to, and we'll continue that and much more in hour number two of the Thursday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Frank Reich is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Reich was fired as coach of the Colts back in November. During his playing career, Reich was the Panthers' starting quarterback in the first game in franchise history back in 1995. The New York Jets hire Nathaniel Hackett as the team's new offensive coordinator. Are they also hoping to get quarterback Aaron Rodgers? ESPN's Dan Graziano. You shouldn't hire Nathaniel Hackett because you think it'll bring you Aaron Rodgers. That's the lesson from the Broncos last year. And I don't think that's exactly what the Jets have done here. But we know there's a good relationship between those two people. Dan Graziano on Greeny. Hackett was fired as head coach of the Broncos a month ago after only up 15 games on the job. Former Lions linebacker Jesse Lemonnier has died. No information yet on the cause of death. Lemonnier recently signed with the USFL's Houston Gamblers and then was traded to the Birmingham Stallions. NASCAR Cup driver Chase Briscoe signs a multi-year contract extension with Stuart Haas Racing, which will keep him in the number 14 car. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com careers and apply online today. The sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Uh, question about possibly uh, moving Zep to the one and Wendell to the two. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I think the thing becomes there with it on you know with with those guys swapping swapping roles. It's just you know how do you feel about how do you feel about them defensively? You know moving assignments around, but also like just I I think Wendell if he's on the floor he needs to be a one. That just kind of seems to be his, his kind of thing uh, this year, but. Yeah, it is tough. I think they could definitely help and be beneficial if Zep got to maybe run some more of the offense and take some of that pressure off of off of um, off of Wendell. They definitely need more secondary playmakers around around Wendell to help them because teams are just going to keep attacking them like Texas A and M did last night. And John, you were you were talking about Auburn needing a third scorer. Well, Absolutely. Wendell Wendell's, Wendell's one of Auburn's two scorers the way it right. has been. They need Jalen to score more. Yeah, Allen to score more. I mean, they definitely need those guys. I just I've watched enough of it to know, and I mean, I like the guy and all that stuff, but I'm just not comfortable with Allen Flanagan shooting jump shots, and I just don't. I, I don't like the way the ball comes off his hand. I just can't believe with a dad who's as good a player as he was and a grandfather who's a coach, the ball comes off his hand and it rotates like the globe. It doesn't tumble over like a good shooter does, like like Jabari did last year. And I and every time he shot the ball last night, from my vantage point, you could tell the ball was coming up short. Mm-hmm. He was short on everything. He was. And I just I, you know, he'll make a three or two, and he'll have a game like he did, you know, and he'll score 20. And I'm not knocking him, but, I mean, Bruce already said it. I mean, Bruce said, you know, Janai thinks he's the best player on the court, and he's not. Jalen is the best player of the court and doesn't know it. And I just think there comes a point, and I, I preface my comments before the break, I, Auburn's not going to win. I didn't mean it like that. But with the schedule that's in oh, front yeah. of Auburn, yeah. I mean, that's, it's different playing – Vanderbilt and and Mississippi State versus Kentucky, Alabama twice and Tennessee twice. No, you're you're 100 percent right. And, and you know, there's a question. There's a question somebody asked me this week for my mailbag that comes out tomorrow. Is like, you know, Auburn this year has been one of those teams where it's like, all right, if you hold them to under 70, you're going to be fine. It's like, is that something you can see them doing moving forward? It's like it's hard because you're about to play a lot of teams with a lot of offensive firepower. Even Tennessee, uh-huh. who who will go into ruts. 
can yeah. can put it can mm-hmm. can put it up on them. So yeah, offense like defense, you can get last night's defense in the second half was a lot better. The first half they, they yep. really screwed themselves up with it. But like that offense has got to be a whole lot more consistent for them to compete moving forward. And it starts honestly Saturday against a West Virginia team that's going to give you a lot on that end of the floor. Well, you could tell right up when Bruce came out in the second half and A and M had the ball and he went to zone and A and M was befuddled and Auburn stole the ball in the very first play and got a layup on it. I thought, well, here we go. But they just, I mean, if you look at the stats, they didn't shoot the ball that poorly. They didn't get out-rebounded by, like they've got by a ton. Oh, but when it mattered, they did. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, but but they just, I don't know. It's just, you just get a feeling that, I I don't know. If Janai, if if we're going to, they couldn't even get shots on the perimeter three-point shots in the second half because A&M and the guy, McElroy and Kublik this morning were complaining that Wendell had four turnovers, and I'm going, but, yeah, but he got beat to death. He was be- he was being double-teamed. It's a miracle yeah. he was able to get out of some of those. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, he had a turnover, too, that was just, you know, la- I mean, uh, Janai had one where he just dropped the ball just out of Oh, yeah, that that was an easy dunk, and a, that yeah. could have been a game-changing play. Exactly. And so it just wasn't Auburn's night. But as we go forward, I, if, if we're going to need Wendell to get 15 to 18 points a game, and I think we are, I would just like to give him a breather. And mm. I don't yeah. think Bruce has enough confidence in in uh, Trey Donaldson yet. No. Or, or obviously Trey or we didn't see Trey or last night. And I, I guess the clock is winding down on Chance Westry. We haven't even heard from him in three weeks. Yeah. So – I don't. I mean, he just has limited options, and as we go forward, and I know, I, I trust Bruce will come up with something, but I just didn't know if in in y'all's dealings with him, if if that's been discussed, or if if Bruce has some, you know, if people have asked questions, kind of, you know, a different way to look at this. Yeah, but I don't think he's getting out of Jalen and Allen what he thought he was going to get in October. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right about that, and and also like he is very. He's very high on Wendell. He he he, you know. And Wendell had been playing really well before last night. No, uh, and and mm-hmm. and ha- was on a pretty good streak. I did ask him about Jalen and just saying like, what do you make of a game where he has seven assists but only five shot attempts? And it's like, and he said, yeah, we probably could have drawn some stuff up more for him. I think it's one of those things. Jalen's one of those guys. His personality and his. And just the way he goes about his business, you kind of have to force him to take those yeah. shots. You he's, have to, he's more reserved. You have yeah. to you have to go you know get that out of him more than okay you know like a guy like Allen who takes ten shots last night and and you know didn't take very many shots towards the end of the game, but like he he put a ton up there in, in a stretch. Yep. You need you know you could kind of get more of that. Like I, I feel like you know if it, it, Auburn would love to have you know somebody who had kind of like the the Zep Jasper defense well you know too if you have Zep Jasper's defense with like a with like a really good jump shooter a consistent like alpha jump shooter that'd be great I think also for Auburn like man if if you could kind of fuse Jalen's mind with with uh with Allen's mind sometimes I think with the aggressiveness is good the other thing there with that with with uh Jalen is like heading into that game he had hit he had taken double digit shots yeah. all in a row just last night I think with as much playmaking duty as he had to do because the traps were coming, because they were giving the mm-hmm. ball to him so much. He had to get the ball quickly, I mean, to get it out of, out of uh, Wendell's hands, and or so he was be trapped more. It was just a different mindset from him yeah. in this game, and so it, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I do think when, when Jalen Williams 
shoots 10, 11, 12 times a game, Auburn is a better team for it just because of how good he is at shooting. Uh, and last night, you didn't get that as much out of him, and I think that's part, partially on him. I think it's partially also on the coaching staff and Bruce Knight just not drawing up enough shots for him to be in that in that spot. And and you and I you and I've been talking uh, you know a good bit during the during the breaks, and I thought uh, some of the folks would would like to hear you know some some of the comments, some of the thoughts here. I mean, as John was saying, I mean. You, you can't go out and, and bring in the, there, there aren't any free agents you can be signing right now midseason. They're not, uh, transfer portal guys that you're bringing in that can start you're, playing. You are right what you now. are. That's right. He said you're limited and, you know, you look at, you mentioned three guys that, that Auburn thought they were going to have. Yeah. Uh, had one. Yeah, I'll give you a preview. Tomorrow's mailbag, somebody asked me a really interesting question. If you could have Desi Sills, Justin Powell, or Trey Alexander on this team, who would you take? And I'm like, well, you'd take all of them at this point. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, that two-guard spot. That's what's missing right now. And it's been that way for years. Like, it really since Samir left, mm-hmm. you're looking at a situation for Auburn where you've either had guys leave or things fall through. I mean. And you thought you had, you thought you had him in, in chance. Yeah, you thought you had a chance. I'm like, I healthy still chance. still may, but I mean. A healthy chance changes everything. To John's question, he was asking about, about chance. I know not everybody. This was a couple weeks ago or maybe last week when he was asked about it. I think with Chance Westry, he's had this knee injury. Um, it's It has been recurring. His kneecap pops out of place, which is very that gross. And very r- painful to think r- about. Yeah, and, and, and tough to think about. But it was one of those things where he missed so much time in the offseason that he's just so far behind that when they throw him in, I think Bruce Bruce said we're trying to protect him. I don't think you want to shatter the dude's confidence or if he keeps going out there and he's not producing, it's like, well, we'll you know, is that going to be something that's going to really affect him kind of mentally, especially after all the injury? And so mm-hmm. it's not a red shirt. It's not a medical red shirt because he's already played, but right. it's going to probably it's going to probably end up being like one by right. the end of, by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, you, could you? You know, for Auburn, like if you could have had, you know, you don't you don't get Katie Johnson if Desi Sill stays. I think that's true. I think that's how that all worked out. But like Justin Power, if you had Trey Alexander, um, if NIL becomes a thing a year or two earlier, you, you may have had Jalen Green. You may have had Scoot Henderson, who's going to be the number two pick in this draft. And like some people are saying, like, well, maybe if you depend on what you need, you might need to take him over, uh, you know, over Webb and Yama at number one, which I think it's insane, but. That shows you how talented the yeah, dude is. No kidding. And it's like Auburn has just been in that kind of rut right now at the two spot. Um, and I don't know where they see Aiden Holloway. He's a smaller guy. Like he's True. definitely he's, a shooter. Right. He's definitely a shooter. McDonald's All American name this mm-hmm. week. Huge, so shortest guy, and I think he might be the lowest rated guy to be uh, a McDonald's All American on this year's team. It just shows you how talented this guy is, um, and, and how much of a Bruce guy he is. But they really need, like, they need that two or that three. Oh, they need, yes. they need weapons. Go look at Alabama. The fact that they have who they have on, on the wing this year and just go get it type of score. You saw it last night with Radford. Like, that's something that Auburn is missing. They're not a bad basketball team. They're a good team, not a great team. And one of the things that's keeping them from being great is that, like you said, you don't have that consistent score that you can rely on. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Great stuff, John. Let's move on. And Russell is up next. Hey, Russell. What's up, Ferg? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, um, I was going to comment on you saying that it's it's a little bit of bias. Of course it is, being an Atlanta Braves fan, that we all want Andrew Jones in the Hall of Fame. Um, I just wanted to drop this little nugget, and y'all have probably seen it. There's three people in the Hall of Fame that have 400-plus homers and 10 gold gloves. So 
Andrew Jones is in that category. Yeah, now, he is. was he the hitter that Mike Schmidt, Ken Griffey Jr., and Willie Mays was? No. But is he a defender on their level? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if Scott Rowland can make it in on defense, because let's be honest. Yeah, that's Scott what Rowland I was telling him during the break. Defense. Yep, yeah. you're right. I mean, let's be honest. He was not a great hitter either. He was a so good. He was he a can good make hitter. It in on defense, yeah. Then why wouldn't Andrew Jones be in on defense? One of the, well, I, it's I, not the best center fielder that this generation's ever seen. Yeah, the, the one thing that you now nah, I'm not saying this is where I, where I'm coming from, but some of the voters would say, yeah, but there's so many outfielders and there aren't that many third basemen. I don't care. Yeah, no, yeah, and I think it's, but that's not that's not a reason. I to know somebody to the Hall of Fame I, by position. Oh well, I I think that helped Scott Rowland. Yeah, the fact that there aren't that many third I'll, basemen. I'll say this: we were talking about it just a moment ago, where, where it was like Billy Wagner, like you know, you put him in the Hall of Fame. There still seems to be a hesitancy to put. Closers, closers in and the he, Hall of Fame, and he's in a, he's such an elite closer, one of the best to ever do it. And I think in the case of the case of Andrew, like like we were saying, you can make the argument that he is the best defensive center fielder, which is so important of his generation. So it's like even if you weren't this all around, you know, just monster like some of those guys that we that we mentioned were, um, you know, Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr. and all that. Even that there's that if you have that one aspect or if you did that one thing so much better than. Anybody mm-hmm. else in your generation? That's a Hall that's of Famer. That's Hall of Famer. Yeah, man, that's, that, that's exactly what I feel. You need to be elite at at something yeah. for a for a period of time to be a Hall of Famer. In my well, mind. and all, all you got to do for me is ask Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, and Greg Maddox if Andrew's a Hall of Famer, <laughs> and I will guarantee you that all three of them will say yeah. absolutely because all of their staff are a lot better than they probably should be because of Andrew Jones. Anyway, appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good work. Great stuff, Russell. We'll get to our first break here. Uh, Shane, if you get a chance, give us a call back. Uh, we're, we've got plenty of time left here in hour number two of the Thursday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 19 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Justin Ferguson. We lost Shane, so we've got lines open on the IKEA of Auburn hotline. 334-321-1390. Love your thoughts on anything in the world of sports. Sign my petition to get Bill to be the new voice of the Atlanta Braves. Because uh, we're that, looking for one. That time, that time, I'm, I'm afraid, has passed. Uh, the window has closed. Let's, let's, I, was t- I was telling Justin, yeah, that was that was my dream. That was God, my that thing so in, cool. in sports. Yeah. I was a DJ, mm-hmm. but I mean, I loved sports and I thought, yeah, baseball would be baseball. the sport that I would love more because I know so many obscure facts and, and that's in baseball. You've got to be able to fill a lot yeah. of time. And baseball is such a good radio sport. Oh, and, baseball and, and is and the was, best sport for radio. Yeah. And, and, and like, I try to listen, like you can listen to a football game on radio, know, know what's going on. I mean, I did that on the way back from Columbia the other night, listening to the playoff games. Um, that's fine. Basketball, I find basketball way too fast paced for me. And like, 
shout out to Andy and like all all the all the crew. Bas- just, basketball play by play is the toughest. It's got to be. It's mm-hmm. got to be like because there's just so much stuff going on. And yeah, like you start listening to to some things that are that are crazy. And you know, I'm a, I'm a soccer fan. If you've ever listened to a soccer game on the radio, you might as well just be on another planet because you're sitting there like just trying to like visualize it in your head. It's such a big field. All, all, like, I, did, all I did is just have it on the background when I hear the long. Yeah, you know, yeah. There you go. That's all I, you need. Yeah. Well, speaking. Let's see. Uh, uh, I, I uh, you were talking Braves outfielders a while ago. Mm-hmm. I saw a little uh, a clip of. Uh, uh, Ronald Acuna mm-hmm. with a blast, and and it had the the Latin call in the background. Yes. It was just it was just like listening to soccer. Yes, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I, uh, I'm, you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the Braves end up doing. It was like the radio, like I said, it's the best for radio. Like I find myself, you know, with the Bally and all that. Like I, I have a, I, I don't my cable package doesn't or my YouTube TV doesn't come with Braves games. So I find myself, I know. Listen, so I find myself listening to Braves games yeah. a lot if I'm not, you know, finding an illegal way to stream it. Uh, but you know, I find myself listening to Braves and like, uh, you know, Ben Ingram is so good. Like he is, so, he's got such a great voice, and like I've really, really enjoyed listening to him. I was like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to if he wants to stay. And like, and if he's willing to make that move, that would be such a good move to do. Uh, but he's so good at radio, and like, yeah, I, I, I I'm envious of, of of people who can do that at the you know the baseball you know be be really good baseball play by play because yeah, you can just throw it on in the background and kind of keep an eye on it, and it's it's just a it's just a whole lot of fun. So I, I'm interested to see where where that goes with the with the Braves, but you know, we're we're still we're still we're still making. Uh, there's still room on my petition if you, if y'all want Bill to do it, um, because I'll take a right. I'll take it right in candidacy. That's fine. Yeah, sure. uh, but yeah, I mean, and and but yeah, I mean that, that really is very, that it's very it, important in baseball. Really, really interesting that Chip's going to to St. Louis. I mean, well, that's obviously that, that's obviously a big part of his. That's where he grew up. Yeah, that's where it's got to be so you know, cool. His his, gra- his grandfather. I mean, Harry got his start in St. Louis. He and Jack Buck were the were the voices of the Cardinals before Harry moved on to places before finally landing at uh, uh, with the Cubs. See, that was the thing. It's like, and I'm and I'm obviously I'm on the younger younger side of, of a lot of baseball fans, but like I had no idea Harry Carey was was it was with the Cardinals originally. Like I always knew him as that's as where the Cubs he that's guy. where he yeah. made. I mean, that's where he made his name and the 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 the, the original fame started there, and then of course the legend. Was uh, was in the later days in Chicago. Yeah, and and then obviously like you know Chip. I mean, there were people who had mixed opinions on Chip throughout his. I, I you know I had I thought he was I thought he did a good job. I thought as an announcer, I thought Chip was better than his dad. Yeah, it's, Skip and was I, better and than I, Skip, and I loved Skip. I loved Skip, Skip. Skip was there. So I, I recall Skip because of the entertainment when the Braves were just so bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, when 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 you have an announcer saying things like, you know, the bases are loaded and I wish I was, you know, <laughs> things like like that because the team just stinks. I, it makes me wonder, like, what those guys and I and I don't listen to it, but like, what what is the play by play guy doing? Like, how, how are they at the A's A's games right now, where they're like in August and they're and they're they've already lost a hundred games. And there's like 600 you mean, people you mean in the like, crowds. Or, or for most years with the Marlins? Yeah, and you're just looking up and you're just like, <laughs> you're just like, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, uh, how do you fill that time? And it's, um, it's, you, f- you fill that time. There's so, there's so many numbers in baseball yeah. and stories in baseball. You fill it and you hope that somebody 
with a better team is listening and yes. a spot comes open. That's what you're doing. Yeah, we were talking about it uh, during the break, but the the guy who's the, the guy who replaced Vince Scully on Dodgers broadcast was with was, the Biscuits. That's right. Was right down the road yep, with the Joe biscuits, was, yeah. yeah. And he's he's really, really he is good. really, yeah. really talented. And it's always cool pop, seeing him pop up on like Fox broadcasts mm-hmm. uh, for for games. And he's, I think he did a little NFL this year too. Like yeah, he's, he's done a lot of things. You see him more and hear him more and more. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, Atlanta. I mean, we'll see what they end up going with move, moving forward. I mean, Skip was, I mean, Chip was, you know, I didn't have any problems with Chip. I remember when you know we were talking about this with my brother earlier this week. Um, like uh, John Chomby used to be the voice oh, yes. of the race. And like, man, how is his his career has absolutely exploded mm-hmm. <laughs> during the time he's left Atlanta. Well, that's the thing. If you and do, he's Chicago's if, guy if now. You do a, if you do a good job yeah. anywhere, the opportun- you, you, you know, those opportunities are going to continue to grow. And with baseball, it's like, we, you know, those legendary names. There's so many many of those guys, obviously Vince Scully being there, but the carries and, you know, Bob Uecker, I think, is still doing it. And, is. and, and is. that is wild to think about because obviously Scully was the legend for doing it for so, so, so long. It's like, man, Bob Uecker's Baseball announcers now. last longer. Their careers can span longer than any other announcers. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, speaking of announcers, I mean, this week I haven't had, uh, Jason Campbell getting the, getting yeah, the, how about call. that? I, uh, you know, I didn't realize this until, uh, Andy pointed it out, uh, this week. We were like, um, yeah, if you're a, if you were a really good Auburn quarterback, you might you might have a job later on down the line. And I mean, Stan and uh, uh, Charlie Trotman. Charlie Trotman, and now you know Jason. Like, there's Pat Sullivan used to do it back right. back in the day. It's like that is it's a really really cool to just be able to have that tradition, knowing that you were going to have somebody who not only knows Auburn and knows the game, but man, a quarterback can tell you so much about 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 football. Well, quarterback. Round. I mean, a quarterback should be able to understand the game. Uh, Every hopefully, facet. Hopefully, of a, a good quarterback communicates with his players. Yes. So that would that would uh, give you an idea that maybe they could communicate with the public. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and, and, a, and a, you know, obviously, like with Romo and you know, and, and those guys, but like a good quarterback can see what a defense is doing and tell yeah. you this is what they're trying because that's something that they had to break down. But awesome for Jason. I knew when 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 Stan was was stepping away from the booth, I know a lot of people were like, "Well, is Jason going to end up being the guy?" And it's such a good pick, and I know a lot of people. It's, are natu- very it's the natural move. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. He'll get his first calls April eighth. We were talking about that a day April eighth. So uh, an early A day, and and looks like it would make sense for Auburn to start practice right after spring break. Yeah, and that would be the I guess that would be the second full week of March uh, would be around. Then. Yeah, somewhere yeah, in there, somewhere in near, there, so. near mid March. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it'd be it's going to be such a fascinating uh, spring ball. And we were talking about this as well during the break. It's like I, you know. Not a whole lot of people who are listening to this will have, have fond memories of the Brian Harson era, and I understand that. Um, but I will say, for our perspective, the amount of access and opening it up at practices, spring ball, fall camp, and all that, like the the increased um, the increased time that we got to go see practice and and talk to people, we had more access to practice and coaches and and players than we had ever had, or at least that I had ever had. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it's been, you know, better than a decade since yeah. since we've had any access like that. And I'm hoping that the new era here will will continue, and especially now that they've got a get a nice big practice facility they can show off uh, and, and and be pretty proud of mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward looking forward to to spring ball just because I think there's just gonna be so many really cool storylines and um, yeah, it's just always you know. 
it's always good to get a uh, you know for the fans to like a new era where you're just like, all right, here's w- what's next. You know, last year coming into it, it was like, oh, maybe they'll turn it around. Things didn't go didn't end well. This year, it's you know fresh start. Yep. I think a lot of people are going to be fired up about that. All right, uh, twenty eight minutes after five o'clock, we'll go ahead and get to our bottom of the hour break. Still plenty of time for you to join us again. The Kia of Auburn hotline open at 334-321-1390. After we talk with Zepp Jasper, our regular Tiger Takes, visit here on the Thursday Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes or so here on this Thursday. We'll check in with Zepp Jasper uh, they're still just they're just wrapping things up, I think, at practice. So we'll get him in a couple of minutes. Um, As Bruce said today, it wasn't going to be a very fun practice. Late, I'm sure it wasn't. Late game last night, early game, uh, early game on Saturday, and West Virginia. Today's today's a, a, a very important day practice wise. And he said, "You have to learn. We, we're having to learn how to play against West Virginia today and their style." And it's like for guys who played heavy minutes last night. Not going to be a whole lot of fun. So, very, very important. Um, and then they'll practice one more time tomorrow before getting on the plane to go to Morgantown. Yeah, as you said, I mean, that's, that's a very quick turnaround uh, for that kind of trip. And, and uh, yeah, Justin not going not gonna to be making the trip his first just single road game that he'll be missing. First road game I'm missing. It was, it was, a, it was a hike. Uh, I, have a, I have a prior engagement I have to be at Saturday night. But... I'm looking forward to covering it, and we'll have coverage of it at at the Observer uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, yeah, and then Auburn back in the normal SEC slate, going to Tennessee. Yeah, I, I started I started checking them off here. Um, I haven't been to Bud Walton yet. That's like my that's that's like that's, my big that's one. A, that's a, that's a nice place. Uh, that's my big one. That's I a rowdy place. Like to check off going to Knoxville. Um, trying to go to Rupp for the first time. Ooh, will, that's that's that's, a, that's going, an interesting place to go. And to. going to Memorial in Nashville for the first time. And so I was oh, like, oh okay, oh man, you've got some you got some uh, interesting trips. So Bud Walton is Bud Walton is my last one. I gotta I gotta check off, and obviously that'll be next year before I can do that. But yeah, it's been fun going to all the. Been going to all these venues in the SEC. Got to go like last week, Columbia. I, I haven't been to Rupp since uh, since they, for some wild reason, uh, had had me doing color when when Auburn won on John Kaler's shot. It's oh the wow! Last time I've been to Rupp. Yeah, I did. I did color that year, and it's because I talked too much that I didn't do it after that. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball, you can't talk too much in between. No, too much play. stuff going on. Yeah, too I was used stuff. to being a play by play guy. All right, let's let's get one call in before we get to Zep Brett. 
is up next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Want to get your opinion on something? I was uh, listening to a podcast today, and there's somebody you know from the Auburn side, but he, he had a, an Ole Miss guy, covers Ole Miss on mm-hmm. it. He was saying that uh, our offensive line coach from Ole Miss, that Ole Miss fans are glad he's gone. It's kind of like uh, – Alabama's defensive coordinator was gone. You know, it, I, I kind of find that hard to believe with the offensive line, probably the best they've had in 2021 ever, well, at least in my lifetime. I'm 60 years old. And did then they, they led the league. In, yeah, I was going to say, didn't they lead? They, they led everybody in rushing for the last couple of years yeah. and, and didn't allow an awful lot of sacks. That's That sounds like... Yeah, sure, we're glad he's gone, yeah. uh, but you can't see the look on his face while he's saying it. Yeah, well, uh, I, I felt like it was uh, pretty foolish. But uh, anyway, to me, other than Freeze, I think he's the biggest pickup we had as a coach. I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you the last time Auburn's had someone that you know is a good coach on the offense line and can recruit. Right. The recruiting the recruiting right off the bat has been superb from him, so I'm with you. That's a, such a huge assistant uh, pickup. And he's, them. what, 29? Yeah. Yeah. Makes me feel great because I'm also 29, and I've not accomplished <laughs> nearly as much as he has in his life. <laughs> I just wait. The older you get, the worse it gets. Appreciate well, hey, look, I'm yeah. 60, and I haven't accomplished I know. Much, so don't worry about I know. That. Yeah, see, Justin, Justin's, that, Justin's not even to the point where you look out there and you go, yeah. Uh, man, there's no chance of me ever making it to the Braves or anything <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. All right, y'all have a great evening. Appreciate it, Brett. 334-321-1390. We'll get back to your calls in a little while, but right now it's time for us to get to the phone and welcome back into the drive uh, Zepp Jasper as part of our weekly Tiger Takes, brought to you by Alsterbrook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back. Or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. Uh, Zepp, thanks for joining us, man. Tough tough one last night at the arena. Tough to see a long winning streak come to an end. But as uh, some folks have said to me you know, in the past, well, that just means you start another one. Uh, yeah, well, that means you just start another one. Um, you know, hats off to Texas and them for coming in here. You know, just you know, just having a great game plan. You know, executing on us. Um, but, you know, everything comes to an end. And, you know, we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to keep it going. But, you know, sometimes, like you say, every, sometimes you, you got to lose sometimes to, to gain momentum. And I feel like this is a game that we – it actually humbled us um, to, to understand that, you know, that we're going to get back on track and get back to playing Auburn basketball. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on last night's game, but man, great atmosphere there at the at the outset. And after they score the first bucket, I mean, you guys uh, just just jump on them with ten straight, including a three by you. And I mean, the place was just just rocking, forcing a timeout there two and a half minutes in. And I mean, it, it was a great great start. Oh yeah, great start. Um, I, I, I actually it was two zero. Um, when the game first started, and then I looked at the clock, all I seen was ten to two. Uh-huh. I mean, the crowd was going crazy out there, and um, I couldn't believe it. Um, I think of Allen, Allen Flanagan dunk, mm-hmm. he dunked it. The building went nuts. Um, I just was, I, I was like, oh man, it's gonna be a good one. But you know, they end up, you know, calling the timeout to to stop our momentum and 
Next thing you know, it ended up being a 9-13 type of game. Uh, 16-15, 20-19, and then slowly they start pulling away in the first half. And, you know, those guys are just making all types of shots. Like that Ranford dude, he was just scoring back-to-back-to-back. Number four, Wade, was just shooting lights out. I think they were like seven for eight um, for three. The three going to the first half, those two guards, and you know we came in at halftime trying to make adjustments of how we were going to guard them, and I think we did better. I have um, executed a couple things better, but I feel like you know we could have did better. But you know, as guards and as players, um, you know we we upset it our fans, um, our, pa- our parents, our family, and you know we just want to make it up. You know, to the fans and stuff like that, and make sure you know we get back on top of top of. Yeah, yeah, they they hit. Uh, as a matter of fact, they hit six threes in the first half. Only hit one in the second half. They were under forty percent there in the second half. It's just it just seemed like um, you guys couldn't quite get it clicking offensively. Obviously, credit to Texas A and M, but I, uh, you know, it it appeared that uh, at times there were some open looks. The ball just just ball just didn't fall last night. Oh yeah, um, you know, at times that you know, they like I said, they had a great game plan. Um they just those guys, the coaching staff, they knew what to do. They knew when we was doing it. It was stopping our sweet spots and you know, that's why I give hats off to them. But, you know, at the end of the day we always gonna see them down the road. Um, this is a game that they needed to to get back in to tournament race. Um, because they was looked at it last four in, last time we checked. They had to win this game against a great ranked opponent. So it kind of helped them out in the favor of coming in here and winning the quad one win against a great ranked opponent. And, you know, and we didn't play like like they didn't beat us last year. So they came in, beat us, and like I said, we did pass out to them, and we'll see them down the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and sometimes there are. I, I don't know what it is, but in, in uh, it seems like just about every sport – you're going to find some teams that give other teams a little more trouble. And, and they may not to everybody, but it just seems like Texas A&M has been a tough matchup for Auburn uh, in basketball. Um, I, I think they have, uh, especially coming off of last year. Um, you know, going to the SEC tournament last yeah. year, we was the favorite of that game. And those guys ended up going up, going up against us about 20 points last year so. No, those guys had they, those guys had confidence against us, especially having two first round draft picks last year, and they still went up by twenty. Um, those just like I said, those guys had the unlimited confidence that they can come in here and, and beat us. And you know, like I said, we gave them life um, last night, and you know, like I said, we we'll see him, we'll see him again though. Oh, I'm, yeah, it's never over. Yeah, you you know that. Well, I mean, uh, the thing is, you look at it, you're, you're 16 and four still, and you've got a big opportunity. The SEC Big 12 Challenge coming up this Saturday, and you guys have the first game of the SEC Big 12 Challenge up in Morgantown. Talk about the quick turnaround. I mean, here because uh, it seems like oh well, Wednesday to Saturday, but it's a Saturday morning game after a long road flight. Um, so so you guys have got to. Um, understand what they do and and get the game plan in quickly for West Virginia. Oh yeah, it's a very quick turnaround. I guess a very good Big Twelve challenge. A very, a very good West Virginia team. 
Um, this is a team that's an older team, probably with six or seven seniors, freshman uh, type guys. Those guys have been in college for a long time, so they know what to do. Um, coach, um, coach, um, the coach is a very well coached. Um, Huggy Bear, my favorite. Say it again. Huggy Bear. Oh yeah. And he's actually been one of my favorite coaches for a long time. Um, growing up, I used to love West Virginia uh, because of his coaching style, his pressure the ball type of defense and uh, fans like that. But um, they're a good team, great guards. Um, they come at you, they put a lot of pressure on you. So this is going to be a tough game for us, but we have to get this game. Um, this is a game we need. Um, and everyone on our team knows we, have, we need this game, especially come up sixteen and we're losing, being number sixteen, right? And we, we have to stand in the top twenty-five. So this is going to be a, a crucial game for us. Oh, there's no question about that. Now, a couple of things they do that Bob Huggins uh, does, as you said. I mean, he loves to pressure the ball. He loves pressure out there on the on the perimeter, and that's something that at times has been a bit of a problem. Uh, so I, I know you guys are really working on that and you're talking about their guards a little bit um that's also been a bit of a problem in the four losses that auburn's had there's been a guard go for 25 or better points so i know that's got to be a focus for you and the team um yes it has it has been a focus um it has been um you know emphasis that you know that we have to do better you know to take more pride and you know going and spinning the ball um you know, last night we I know the team kinda of felt, you know, kinda of bad and you know, we didn't blame it on blame it on no one but we just kinda of blamed everyone, like the all the guards, we blamed ourselves. And you know, as a as a guard, a defensive guard, I, I, I kinda of was upset with myself, you know, guarding them guarding them maybe one or two plays and I feel like we just could have done better as a as a team and team defense. Well, I know that uh, just I will say this as as a, an observer, not talking as uh, so much as a media, but just somebody that watching. I I, I don't know that uh, I feel any better um, with anybody but you on a, on a uh, on an offensive player out there. I mean, I know that Zepp is is uh, giving it everything he has and and is an outstanding defender. I mean, I just want to give you props there. So I mean, man, I, I know you're giving it everything that you have. Oh yeah, I'm always trying to give everything I got, leave it all on the floor because you never know when you're gonna get a chance again. Um, you gotta give, you gotta treat every game like it's your last. Um, like, like we never knew Demar Hamilton would go down the way he went down, and right. he never knew that that might have been his last game. So you gotta treat every game like it's your last. Put a hundred and ten percent effort on that floor. And show people, you know, even if you you make they make tough plays, you still have to show people. I gave a hundred percent. I went hard. I'm tough. I'm tough as nails. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do it. And you know that's my motto. You know, go hard each play. Oh, I never I, give up. No question about that. Hey, I wanted to get uh, your thoughts. It was nice to see Chris Moore back out there. Uh, man, it's uh, obviously been been a rough time for him fighting through not just the shoulder and everything, trying to get back out there. Oh, yeah, it was great to see him back out there, you know, especially after being gone after a long two weeks. Um, you know, having one of our captains back. You know, I just love to see it because it's like you don't see that pretty often. Um, a person go down on the so- shoulder 
injury. But, you know, I was just excited just to see him get a touch, get a feel of the game out there because, um, you know, being on that sideline is pretty tough, especially after you've been playing a whole year. Um, and then you get thrown in the fire against a great Texas A&M team. team. Um, I just, I just happy for him to be out there. Zepp, uh, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Know you guys are, are practicing hard, getting ready for the uh, trip to Morgantown on Saturday. Um, wanted to wish you guys the the best of luck and and hopefully a successful trip up there. Before you go, let everybody know how they can follow you. On Twitter, my handle is R I P underscore Q U A N five. Instagram R I P underscore Q U A N twelve. Appreciate it, Zepp. Uh, again, uh, best of luck. Thank you. Zepp Jasper joining us here. Tiger Takes brought to you every Thursday evening by the Alsobrook Law Group. Also on the web uh, at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break here of the Thursday show. Stick with us. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes here on this Thursday. Our thanks to uh, Zepp Jasper joining us, as he does on Thursdays, for the uh, Tiger Takes segment yeah it's tough you know i always always sort of dread when you're talking to players right after a loss and mm-hmm. it's not just a couple of you know you've got like 10 15 minutes or so that you're gonna go it's like but zep man zep's always upbeat i mean he's there's no question he is he's ready to uh, get back out there and work as hard as he can gave me a great answer today when we asked him i asked him like hey man like Score top scoring guards have been busting y'all in these well, I mentioned that in, too, in these games. I didn't know you had and, and and he was like and he you know, he had a really good answer about it. And so I mean he's a great player to roll out there. He's seen a lot of basketball, he's had done a share yep. of winning and losing and uh but yeah, he's 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 exactly I mean I, I tweeted a quote from him earlier today, um when I asked him that question and I tweeted out a quote and there were a couple Auburn fans in my in my replies on Twitter that were like that like I'm always happy that that dude's an Auburn player. Like he just he yeah. just represents that program so so well, and and uh, you know Auburn fans have been lucky to have him. Here and he was talking years. about disappointing the fans. And, yeah, you know how how bad he feels that that they disappointed the Auburn fans. Yeah, I mean that's and he's serious. Yeah, I mean, it's he, he's as genuine as they get, and uh, you know it's it's. You know he's only got he's only he's only got a few uh, few games left you know in his in his college career but man what a career it's been you talk, talk about a dude who mm-hmm. went from prep school to getting a shot at playing at you know, college Charleston to be an SEC champion and and you know we'll see what this final year for him takes from him but yeah he's he's a great example and and a great leader for this team. It's been a uh, fun show. Let's see tomorrow Dan should be back. Uh, I know some folks that are going to go. Uh, I wonder. If how chilly it's going to be. It's going to be pretty cool again tomorrow. First day of baseball practice. Going to be, oh, yeah, that's going to be right. cool yeah. uh, tomorrow for the first day of baseball. It's always it's always cold the first day of the season. I'll I'll, I'll say this, you know, um I don't I don't cover baseball. I I never have, but I like to keep an eye on it and kind of you yeah. know what's going on. Number 1, the SEC looks just absolutely monstrous this year, but Auburn 
not ranked in some places or ranked, ranked in, in others. Ranked. I mean, look, they're a team that's been to two of the last three College World Series, and they're bringing back and they're and they and they, they lost back, a lot. Yeah, but, but they're, they're bringing, bringing back, back an ace and mm-hmm. some bats. It no seems question. it seems like the unranked part was just that like there are just a lot of teams that are bringing back more. Yeah. But you know, this is. And I also think that's kind of the sunny effect when you lose a guy who is that good. I yeah. think a lot of people are like, "Oh, where's the you know where's it going to come from?" But uh, it'll be very interesting because the other thing too is like people being like, "Oh, they're unranked." Butch Thompson's really good about exceeding expectations, yes. man. I mean, I thought I thought uh, you know I thought Bruce Pearl was the best on campus at that, but I think Sonny's giving him a run. I mean, uh, Butch is giving him a run for his money in, in that in that regard. Oh yeah, so so that'll be fun as well, uh, Justin. Thanks, man. So, uh, g- good seeing you again. And uh, yeah, before we before we run out of time, tell folks again about the Observer and how they can get it. Yeah, you can get all of our newsletters and our podcast deep dives in Auburn football, men's basketball. We got you know mailbags, breakdowns of players. You know, a lot of a lot of post game stuff for basketball during the season. And uh, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a mailbag and a and a podcast up tomorrow for subscribers. So if you want to be a part of that. So auburnobserver.com, sign up at $6 a month or $60 for the full year. You can also give us a free trial and check us out for a week. Uh, it's a great way to get on board that way. And, um, yeah, it'll, uh, everything we do gets sent straight to your email inbox pretty much every morning at 6 a.m. Central Time. And, uh, like I said, tomorrow, if you're a subscriber, you get two things. Ah, out, outstanding. So, great. Great stuff, Justin. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Yeah, y'all too. Y'all too. And good to good to see you back here from the after the cruise. I could have been a stowaway, you know? <laughs> there was another cruise. There was a, there was another music cruise coming up on the same boat. Nice. You know, I could have just uh, stowed just away. Stayed, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hide in a closet. There, there are a lot out. worse places you, you could be for an extended period of time. Absolutely. Especially right. this time of year. Oh, yeah. No kidding. All right. We're out of time here on the 